right, welcome to this quick live stream. So if you have any podcast questions, there's going to be a new podcast episode coming out. Um, I have the questions all set up already, but um, I'm just going to record them. Um, should be recorded tonight. Um, anyways, though, if you guys want to ask me questions right now, um, if you guys like the live stream, I can do these more frequently because uh, you guys ask for, you know, more content and, uh, you know, how much can you really talk about roids? <laughs> so um, the biggest thing that I think is important, you know, um, is to uh, be taking care of your health long term when you're taking steroids. So um, there are some, you know, misconceptions out there. You know, a lot of people on the internet are trying to sell some things about like, oh, you know, hey, bro, yep, there is a, D a DTREB podcast um, up on the channel. Um, but a lot of people are, you know, try to sell this thing on the, the internet about, um, oh, you know, you can take low doses and do bodybuilding. Oh, you can take steroids and not have any kind of health effects. You can be healthier than normal people while you're taking steroids. None of these things are true. Taking steroids is bad for you. Taking steroids has negative health effects. If you take steroids, you're... Uh, they affect your blood levels, they affect your blood work, they affect your organs um, negatively. And you can you can see this during your blood work. And, and people know this already. You know, a lot of bodybuilders um, don't get their blood work checked. And um, the reason that they don't get it checked is because they don't want to know. They're, they're scared of what they're doing themselves, so they'd rather not know. Um, so... Uh, we all know that, um, you know, taking steroids is not good for you. Um, and you should do whatever mitigation measure, measures are necessary in order to uh, make it the least bad for you. So, you know, knowing what's going on inside your body, something doing something like getting blood work done on cycle to see what the steroids are doing to you, you should do that. And um, you should also just remember the reality that, you know, if you're doing this long-term in high dosages, um, you are um, hurting your health. If you're doing it long-term in low dosages, you are hurting your health. <laughs> um, you know, you, these, these things can be confirmed by, by looking at um, your blood work on cycle. So let's get to a few of your questions. Um, Andy asks best cycle for someone who can, who doesn't convert to a lot of estrogen, can't run any of the eyes or high dose DHT compounds. Yeah. Well, uh, you want to use stuff that creates estrogen. So guys that have trouble with, um, creating a lot of estrogen, they're, um, you know, they're going to not do well on things like, um, Dianabol or doing, uh, things, um, like high dosages of testosterone without using letrozole or exemestane at the same time. Um, those things are going to be like very intolerable for them. Um, the most powerful way to 
take care of your estrogen if you are very sensitive to estrogen and create a lot is to use letrozole and exemestane simultaneously. Um, exemestane removes the aromatase enzyme from the body and letrozole binds up the aromatase enzyme that remains in the body. Um, for guys that don't convert a lot of estrogen, it's, it's the opposite. You know, you can use things like Dianabol, you can use things like high dosages of testosterone and, um, you know, not experience, uh, a lot of bloating. And I've, I've seen this in some of, uh, my friends, I've, I've seen them, uh, I've mentioned this on the podcast before that I know guys who have used hundreds of milligrams of Dianabol per day or thousands of milligrams of testosterone per week without AI. And these people seem to just not produce aromatase enzyme or the amount that they do produce is such a small amount that it's really, you know, insignificant. So uh, absolutely your genetic predisposition for how much um, aromatase enzyme you produce is going to affect like your choice with cycles and stuff, stuff like that. Uh, let's, okay, so Conquer Aesthetics says, dude, I'm on TRT, but can't use more than 175 milligrams or else you get gyno. So that would, he would be on the opposite side of the spectrum. Like what I was saying, you know, using things like exemestane, letrozole, or using a combination of the two, um, you know, because that's the strongest way um, to limit estrogen for people who are sensitive and want to run high estrogenic compounds and higher dosages. Um, so, uh, cyanite says he's, he's taken 1.2 grams of test when he takes aromasin, he feels like crap. Can it be that you don't need AI since you don't aromatize that much? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you feel like crap, when you take aromasin, that's very likely that that's the case. Um, again, this is, you're one of the guys who would really benefit from just, you know, getting the blood work done and, and taking a look at what's happening because. I know it can be a, a little bit scary or whatever. And um, especially like if you're not used to it, you know, because it's like, I know the mindset of a bodybuilder, it's, it's that I'm going to keep doing this no matter what. And so I don't want to see, you know, what's going on because that's going to do nothing except for give me anxiety. But, you know, that's if you are really serious about bodybuilding, um, just know that the, the professionals who are competing, um, the guys who are doing the Mr. Olympia, they are getting blood work checked um, and, and they are um, taking care, uh, mitigating uh, risk factors as much as possible. So I do think that it would be, um, you know, in your best interest to, um, you know, check out what's going on, go get your estrogen tested, get your liver enzymes tested, get your kidney function tested, um, get a complete blood panel uh, done so that you can see what's happening. Um, you know, guys that are gonna take a lot of gear, they're big, um, you know, you should try to do things, and you're really dedicated to bodybuilding, so you should try to do things as close as possible to the way that the pros are doing it. Uh, okay, next question. Um, Areeb Raymond, he says, for cycle, you have bear test of iron in Pakistan. Your shoulder hurt, and you had a slight fever feeling. Checked your temperature, it was fine. Yeah, um, what you have is like called testosterone flu. So during your first cycle, especially, but this can happen anytime you like go off gear and then start gear again, or usually like whenever anyone starts trend, um, 
doesn't matter like if you've used trend before just in general every time you start trend you'll get like flu symptoms and so this happens a lot of times on people's first cycle you're you're introducing something to your body that your body is like you know what is this it, it's uh it's you know you you've just introduced testosterone to your body in quantities that it's never experienced anything close to that before and so it's having like an immune response an inflammatory response like uh, an inflammation response shock response and that's what's making you have like sick feeling or fever feeling uh that passes after like 10 to 14 days on your first cycle i definitely had it during my first cycle i definitely had like a bad flu um for probably two weeks um taking a thousand milligrams or 800 milligrams of ibuprofen uh really takes the edge off of it because at the time i needed to like go to school so i couldn't just like not go to school so in order to like get to class i would take 800 milligrams of ibuprofen during those two weeks <laughs> Um, healing from knee surgery, uh, somebody asked test D-ball, DPC, you know, those experimental peptides, you can experiment with those, but that's not what the pros are using. So, you know, like when you hear like, um, NFL players, you know, like Adrian Peterson, uh, made the most shocking knee recovery, um, that was ever been known to man. And all the doctors are asking, how is this possible? <laughs> you know, he wasn't using BPC. He wasn't using TB 500, you know, these, these peptides that people talk about, those are all experimental research drugs. So the um, professionals are using what is tried and true and what works. So they're using pharmaceutical grade human growth hormone and uh, pharmaceutical grade human growth hormone uh, definitely works. I've taken it um, after surgeries I've had to recover quicker. For example, my uh, umbilical hernia surgery that I had in Thailand, um, I'll just tell you what I took. You know, I was taking a, a bit of testosterone, uh, one anadrol per day, and um, nortitropin, pharmaceutical growth hormone, um, after the surgery in order to recover. And so three weeks after the surgery, I was back in the gym. And then five weeks after the surgery, um, I was hitting all-time deadlift PRs and um, about seven weeks afterwards, I hit uh, my all-time best. So that's kind of how that goes. Um, you know, a lot of you know a lot of this stuff on the internet. You guys really gotta listen to stuff on the internet with the spirit of discernment. Like a lot of people, you know, they've got the next uh, next big thing, and they want to sell you on that, or they have a link to where you can go buy the next big thing, or a coupon code to where you can go buy the next big thing. Um, the tried and true stuff that works, that's not what they're advertising. It's the same, you know, I don't want to get into the pharmaceutical industry because that's, um, you know, very taboo subject, but, <laughs> you know, stuff that people can't make a lot of money on generally isn't um, pushed. So you really want to stick to the tried and true, the stuff that the professionals do, what are the professionals using, and you want to copy that. You're, you're an amateur, so you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to do what the people who have already done what you're trying to do did. So that's another thing like with these SARMs or these Turkisterone or some kind of stuff, you know, and they're saying, oh, this new thing. Well, you know, SARMs are research chemicals. They don't have long-term studies done on them and they're not medications. They don't have safety studies done on them. So you don't know if that's gonna cause you cancer 
you don't know, uh, you know, what that's doing to you. And, you know, the truth is, is that a lot of people that take SARMs will then get blood work while they're using the SARMs and their blood work looks terrible. <laughs> it's pretty consistent. And, and, uh, and, and then, you know, you have steroids that are, uh, you know, pharmaceutical medications that have been FDA approved and everything. And they've had long-term research studies done on them. And, um, you know, the side effects are very well known and documented. So, if you have the chance between that and being a, a research lab rat, I, I mean, which one do you choose? Which one do you choose? I, I think it's pretty clear what would be the most, you know, wise option there. Um, the real Scott says, my main goal is to look like Jeff Nippard. What should I run to get that physique? 100% natural, baby. Nothing. Just follow the science. Just look up as many science articles as you can on bodybuilding. Thousands. Actually, thousands isn't enough. In order to look like Jeff Nippard, you need at least 100,000 science articles. And you have to follow every single one to the letter. All right, the next question, uh, Kevin Goshi. Would you agree that steroids in the 90s are way more better than the steroids today in effectiveness and quality? No, because, you know, I use, I've had so much experience with pharmaceutical grade steroids. So that's the only difference, you know, that, you know, they say, you know, people use UGL today and people used pharmaceutical grade in the past. Well, I don't <laughs> and neither do the pros. So <laughs> it's only you guys that are using, you know, the UGL stuff. Um, you know, uh, you, you should really make an effort to not use UGL stuff um, because, you know, you don't know what, what you're getting, you know, and everybody knows that, you know, I had a leg infection from UGL um, steroids and, uh, you know, that was a horrible experience. You don't want that to happen to you. Um, so, you know, these guys that are uh, professional bodybuilders, they're competing on the Olympia stage. You know, they may be using some, some um, you know, special extra ingredients that were prepared by a special chemist, you know, like their Trenbolone or something like that, um, that were prepared by a special chemist that, you know, uh, their coach knows or something like that. And um, uh, so it's, it's very high quality. Um, you know, it was prepared up to pharmaceutical grade standards, but you know, the most of the stuff that they're using, like the testosterone they're using, the DECA they're using, the insulin they're using, the growth hormone they're using, um, you know, even things like Winstrol they're using, the Anadrol they're using, um, you know, all these things are pharmaceutical grade. They're not using the UGL stuff. They're using the pharmaceutical grade stuff. So then when you say like, you know, would you agree that the steroids in the 90s are better than the steroids today? No, I would not agree with that because I've used the pharmaceutical grade steroids extensively. And, um, you know, while I do think that, you know, pharmaceutical grade is definitely better, it's more dependable, it takes the guesswork out of things. Absolutely, I've used UGL steroids that can compare to the strength of the pharmaceutical grade steroids on a milligram per milligram basis. They're definitely the same potency. While they may not be as clean or something like that, um, I've definitely used very, very potent uh, UGL steroids, and that's including rare, uh, more rare steroids, you know, stuff like um, Primable and Anavar, uh, et cetera. Uh, I've used very high quality, uh, very potent UGL steroids with 
that. So they're one of those myths that these guys who are like the old, you know, because they're guarding, you know, like the old guard, um, you, you know, you'll hear a lot of that with these guys that are like, you know, the 90s or whatever, and they're trying to like build up this mystique, you know, just like the guys from the golden era, the 70s, the 60s, trying to build up this mystique that, you know, they're better than you. They're better than the new guys. They're number one. <laughs> and it's it's not true, man. It's, it's just because bodybuilding is such an ego-focused endeavor. I mean, you walk into the gym and it's just like, oh my gosh, this entire thing is ego, you know? The gym is not a very happy place. <laughs> as far as like the personalities of the people there and everything, you know, it, it you know, ego is the main thing. It's a, it's a place to feed your ego. So that's what you get um, with, uh, you know, these kind of steroid stories and everything. Everybody wants to be the perfect Superman. Everybody doesn't want to say, you know, I was, I relied on a huge amount of medications and drugs in order to be able to achieve this. That's, Definitely not flattering. That's not the image that people are trying to project. That's not, everyone wants to be the perfect Superman. They want to be superior. <laughs> and, uh, when it comes to bodybuilding, that's, that's just not the way it is. You know, the most important part of bodybuilding is, is steroids, unfortunately, very unfortunate reality. You know, I'm not glorifying that and I, I don't, I don't like it that it's that way, but it's the way it is. So you know, without steroids, there is no bodybuilding. Your natural bodybuilding doesn't exist. You know, you go look at natural bodybuilding shows. And if they're real natural bodybuilding shows, the people, you know, they look very emaciated, emaciated, and they look like swimmers. You know, they're not more muscular than swimmers are. They're probably more depleted and more sickly looking than swimmers are. Well, about being the same leanness. Um, okay. 369, could we add Masteron to level up estrogen side effects of our testos? If you are um, very not sensitive to estrogen, then Masteron will work. But for people who have like average estrogen production or average estrogen sensitivity, um, it won't work. So, you know, like GH15 from the forum Get Big, you know, he, he's, he, he has a lot of really good um, uh, content and a lot of, you know, he's very famous very popular uh, for uh, telling the truth about, you know, a lot of what's really necessary in order to become a pro bodybuilder. And one of the, uh, one of the things that he said was, you know, don't take anti-estrogen instead, take Masteron to control estrogen side effects. So that will work in a minority of people that are very insensitive to estrogen, but for the average guy or somebody who is pretty sensitive to estrogen or, or just average sensitive, like the average guy, normal, uh, that will not be enough taking Masteron to avoid estrogen side effects. So uh, if you, like, for example, are like taking testosterone and trenbolone and you start to feel like uh, pain inside your nipple, deep in the nipple, and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to take Masteron so that I get rid of this and don't get gyno. Uh, that's not going to fix your problems. You're going to have, you know, if that's all you've got going on, uh, you're going to develop some permanent gyno from that. Um, you know, the protocol in order to get rid of that would need to be an anti-estrogen such as like Arimidex plus an anti-prolactin such as Pramipexil or Cabergolin. Um, 
Victor says, when I use high trend with low test, I get almost no side effects and I feel and grow great. But when I use low, mid trend and high test, I feel like shit. Can't, can't sleep and grow worse. Well, I think, I think that's just a, you know, like a personal sensitivity you have. Um, you know, I, I don't know why that is. You know, you said you grow worse. So you take more steroids and you, you grow worse. You know, that goes against all research and anecdotal evidence that has ever been compiled. I mean, there were um, studies done um, in the 1960s um, with volunteers at the University of San Diego that measured people on testosterone dosages going from a few hundred milligrams per week up to 10,000 milligrams per week. And it showed a linear dose dependent, dependent response in muscle growth, strength, and size um, that had no diminishing returns up to 10,000 milligrams per week. So while that's very unhealthy and has, um, you know, to take dosages like that, um, you know, sustaining that kind of a thing is going to cause major organ damage in the long term, cardiovascular system damage. Um, you know, it's just undisputed that it creates more muscle. So I don't know how you could say that, you know, taking larger dosages of testosterone makes you grow worse. It just, it goes against everything that's been documented. But um, I will say that um, as far as like uh, side effects though, um, absolutely. So somebody that's getting a lot of estrogen, estrogen and prolactin have like a multiple multiplying effect in side effects. So they potentiate one another. So if a person has high testosterone, then they're gonna have higher estrogen. And if a person has lower testosterone, they have lower estrogen. Um, and uh, if a person is on trend and getting prolactin side effects, um, they're going to, if they have high estrogen, those prolactin side effects are going to be much more powerful. And likewise, the estrogen side effects of their, from their testosterone are going to be much more powerful um, than, the, than, the, uh, than they would be if there was no prolactin in the mix uh, at the same time. Um, so so that, that's, the, that's the way that that is. And then the other thing is that um, dihydrotestosterone, you may be, um, you know, you, the higher dosage you go with the testosterone, the higher the dihydrotestosterone production will be. Dihydrotestosterone is a stimulant. So you say you have trouble sleeping. Definitely people on Trenbolone have trouble sleeping. Um, it's very common to wake up nightly on Trenbolone, um, you know, drenched in sweat, shivering, um, you know, really not feeling good during the night. And so if you then add in another heavy stimulant like dihydrotestosterone from taking high testosterone dosages, I mean, that could definitely increase those effects, increase those feelings. Um, so dihydrotestosterone and trenbolone both have similar binding affinity in the brain and nervous system. So they, they both are super potent as stimulants. You'll find that anything that has high DHT um, has stimulatory effects. Oh, what's up? More power in Tokyo. Good, good. We got it. We got a low dosage guy here. Oh, cool. You're getting snow in Tokyo and running Sustanon one milligram cruising for a while. Good. It's good. It's good to, to do healthy things on steroids, you guys. So we don't always have to be blasting all the time. And just to put a lot of you guys to put your minds at peace a little bit is that, uh, you know, once you have achieved a certain level with bodybuilding, there are permanent changes to your muscles. Um, 
if um, there's been autopsies, so cutting up people's, people's muscles, cutting up their bodies after they're dead. And uh, these results show that people who have ever used steroids during their lives have uh, the muscle under a microscope looks different than someone who is natural. Doesn't matter if they were using the steroids at the time that the sample was cut out or if they have just used them any time during their life. Uh, there are permanent changes um, for steroid users um, inside their muscles. So this is primarily in the form of more DNA um, being present inside the muscles. So this is what's responsible for like steroid induced muscle memory. You'll see people, you'll see pro bodybuilders. Um, you know, there was one very famous 90s pro bodybuilder who made a comeback a few years ago at the Mr. Olympia. And, you know, he shot from being, you know, nothing, an average man to being able to compete and be, you know, he didn't do well at the competition, but he was able to stand up there on the Olympia stage and, you know, be the right size, be, you know, the size of other Mr. Olympia, uh, other, other competitors. He was able to, you know, stand next to them. And, um, and he did this in a matter of like six months, you know, going from an average man to doing that. And you go, you know, how, how can someone do this? And it's because of the, the uh, fact that the muscle um, permanently changes um, when you've taken steroids. So what you'll notice is that um, when you've taken steroids and you go off steroids, you'll lose your muscle definitely. Um, you know, the first thing that happens when you go off is you lose like the fuel storage and then the actual tissue start, starts dropping off after that. And, uh, but then when you go back on, and you go back on, especially to like a cycle that you did when you were at your peak. If, if it took you three years of using steroids to get to your peak, um, and then you went off and you lost, you know, a large amount of that. Um, when you go back on steroids, if you take that same cycle again, it will not take you three years again in order to get there. It'll be a matter of months. And so that's because of the uh, structural changes that happen um, to the muscle that are viewable under a microscope. So, um, you know, for doing something like a cruise, you know, just something for a lot of you guys that are like, you know, like, oh, I don't want to cruise or like, oh, I don't want to go off ever. Um, things like that, um, to put your mind at ease a little bit is that while, you know, it will be a hit to your ego to be off because you'll be going to the gym still and you'll see other guys who are, you know, big. And, you know, you'll be thinking, well, I'm not anymore <laughs> or, or, you know, not as big or, you know, I don't look all freaky, like I'm on the cycle, you know, and my ego's used to being, you know, maybe, maybe even number one in almost every gym I go to, you know, maybe that's what your ego's used to. Um, just know that, you know, when you start back up again, it, it's not going to take, you know, three years or something like it did last time to get back up. It's, it's going to be a matter of months. So for you guys that are sitting on the fence, like, um, you know, I don't want to go off, you know, but it's, it's, it's definitely a healthy thing to do, you know, or I don't want to cruise, but it's like, think about your long-term health, man, you know, taking, taking drugs, these things have negative effects on you. So if you're taking them year round, blasting them all the time, you know, people may try to sugarcoat things and make it sound on the internet. Like, you know, you can do that and, and be okay. But that's not true. You know, um, it, it's going to be okay. You know, you're going to be able to get back to where you wanted to be, uh, you know, pretty quickly. And also another thing is that 
if you'll just, uh, you know, go on a cruise or take a break from steroids for a month, um, if you have bad blood work, um, even pretty significantly bad blood work, um, it will only take about one month for it to almost entirely resolve if the bad blood work was caused from, you know, the steroids you were taking. So for guys that, you know, I know a lot of guys who are doing bodybuilding or don't want to look at their blood work on cycle. They're, they're have a fear of looking at that. Um, but you know, it's good to know, it's good to know what's going on in your body. Um, it's good to do things the way that the pros are doing it. And, uh, you know, when you, um, when you do go off, um, if you do have, you know, really bad blood work currently, it's not going to take a long time for your blood work to go back to being good. Just, just know that. So, you know, you can really benefit yourself a lot from just giving yourself a break. Just give it a break. Take a month off. And, um, you know, your organs are going to be functioning so much better after that, which is going to also make your bodybuilding work so much better because, you know, building muscle and strength is going to be a very more efficient process with healthy organs, healthy protein and carbohydrate processing organs, you know? So it really is worth it. And um, I would really encourage you guys to do more, more blood work, more cruising, stuff like that. All right, let's, let's look at another, another question. Tell us how to pull yourself out of depression. Well, you know, with the way that the world is these days, you know, depression is a big problem because, you know, everybody's isolated. So, you know, doing things like staying on the internet a lot causes a lot of depression. Doing things like, you know, not having in-person conversations causes a lot of depression, you know, isolation. So everybody's very isolated. We're social pack animals. If you're spending, you know, most of your time looking at screens, that's totally against nature. And, uh, you know, we're already living in a society that's completely against nature. So, you know, then take away socializing and man, that is definitely, um, that's definitely a way to be not feeling good. Um, there are definitely some things that can help with, with depression. I don't recommend SSRIs, <laughs> but there, there are some other things that can help you guys, you know, through, throughout my content, sometimes in the podcast, you know, I've mentioned them. Um, all right, let's look for another question. Manuel asks, what should I take to look like Jason Blaha? <laughs> Probably testosterone, DECA, and Anadrol. Um, somebody asks, what would you say are the top five countries for steroid tourism? Uh, Jay Brock. Uh, yeah, you know what? One thing that I want to say that is funny though, is that, you know, in some countries they actually sell UGL steroids in the pharmacies like, um, Mexico and Thailand would be good examples of that. Uh, so people think that like, oh, you know, a pharmacy would never sell a UGL, but actually they, they do. So. When you do go to some of these uh, foreign countries and you're, you know, they will have pharmaceutical grade products, but it will be limited. You know, a lot of times it will just be testosterone or it will just be testosterone, provirin and AI or, or various types of testosterone, you know, or maybe they'll have DECA. 
or maybe in some countries like Turkey, for example, you know, they'll have primobolin and anadrol and testosterone and proviron and human growth hormone, you know, um, but, the, but uh, at the pharmacy. Um, but, um, you know, then, you know, some other countries, you know, they'll actually be selling you uh, UGL gear. So you really have to know, you know, what you're looking at and not just, you know, if you're going to foreign countries and and you're, you're buying things from pharmacies, you, you know, if it's UGL, it, it might not be legit. So you got to really know what what you're doing. You can't just go go to third world countries and trust that the pharmacies are selling you good stuff. Um, is HCG needed on PCTs? Well, it's the best PCT drug. So it directly turns your testicles on. The rest of the PCT drugs work on your brain, uh, your hypothalamus, and then it goes, send, you know, once your hypothalamus is functioning correctly, sends a signal to your pituitary gland, which then has to start functioning correctly, which then has to send a signal to your testicles. So with HCG, you skip that whole process and you just communicate directly with the testicles. That's why it's so effective. Um, Shua Shock says another weird one. Is it weird that I took that you took trend? You know, I'm not even going to read that. <laughs> uh, Endless mindset. Ask, am I Italian? Um, no, um, my my background is um, English, German, and uh, Nordic. Um, all right. Let's see if there's another question. Um, Chase Irons says, Trimbalone Titonus. What's up, man? I know he's a peer. I, I know he's a peer. You know, I've seen his, his YouTube videos around. So, what's up, man? Good to see you in here. Um, Ali Merosi says, you totally agree that 700 milligrams of primobolin is a sweet spot. You upped it to one gram and noticed a slight difference. Yeah, I'd say it's 700 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams per week is the good dose, you know, you know, for bodybuilding, you know, for like real bodybuilding, um, you know, because a lot of people are looking to like replace um, low dosages of trenbolone with, with primobolin and, you know, yeah, that that those are the kind of dosages, you know, that 700 to 1000 milligrams range that can replace, for the most part, um, low dosage trenbolone use. I, I mean, not everybody wants to use trenbolone, you know, and and uh, especially guys that are more experienced. The way that it usually happens is that when you start taking steroids and you start taking trend for the first time, you're so ecstatic about the good effects that you're getting from taking trend that you just don't even comprehend the bad side effects that you're getting from it. Like they just don't register or they don't matter and you don't care. Uh, <laughs> but then eventually, you know, you, you, you'd be like, man, this stuff is affecting me weird and it's affecting my brain. It's affecting the way I think it's giving me other side effects. It's making me have to take stuff like cabergoline, which I don't want to be on long-term. And so that's when, um, you know, you start thinking about other things like primobolin, um, you know, that may not be as strong, um, but, you know, can definitely approximate um, a lot of those effects and give you, you know, 
give you the kind of results that you want from bodybuilding without having to resort to these things that are having, you know, major side effects. And a really underrated side effect of Trenbolone is, um, is a high blood pressure. So Trenbolone has an enormous effect on, on blood pressure. Um, so a lot of people are not really aware of that, um, for whatever reason, I'm not sure what it is, but, um, you know, high blood pressure is definitely one of the things that is going to, it's going to hurt you if you maintain that long-term. Um, it's not a question of, of like, oh, I can just take steroids and have high blood pressure and I'm going to be fine years down the road. Uh-uh. You, you have to take care of that or you're going to have major health problems down the road. So that's, you know, since, you know, you're looking at some of these, you know, what steroids produce, you know, high blood pressure? Well, you know, most of the best ones. So high testosterone, any amount of Trenbolone, Superdrol, Anadrol, Dianabol, you know, the ones that really freaking work. Those ones really increase your blood pressure. Um, Endless Mindset says, he upped the trend to 700 and felt like he was dying and checked his blood pressure immediately. Shit was sky high. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, definitely, dude. But the thing is, is, is a lot of people, they don't want to know. Like, th this is really a problem. You know, like I, I talked to a lot of you guys um, uh, with like phone calls and stuff. So I'm, I, I like see your blood work and stuff. You know, I, I see what's going on with, with uh, a lot of you guys' bodies um, when you're taking your cycles and, um, uh, or, or, you know, sometimes, you know, the guys don't want to do blood work or, you know, I find out they've never done blood work and it's not uncommon. So, uh, so a lot of guys, you know, they've, it's, I mentioned this earlier during this live video that, you know, a lot of guys have um, not um, checked those things uh, because, they've decided that they're going to do things a certain way and that nothing's going to change that. And so they don't want to give themselves anxiety uh, by, by getting their blood work. But again, if you're so serious about bodybuilding, then you should try to do things the way that the pros do it um, and, and not try and, and, you know, reinvent the wheel and come up with some new method to do things yourself because the pros are much more advanced than you are. Um, so, you, you, you know, you should try and do things the way that they're doing it. Yeah, you know, doing things, following people who have experience, getting friends who have experience is the quickest way to success in, in any any kind of skill that you want to learn. Um, not not doing things alone and by yourself. That's that's the long road to success. You can still make it to success, but it takes a lot longer. So you should definitely try to find out what the best people are doing and and do things similar to the way that they're doing. And, you know, if you can actually be around them. Um, you know, that helps a lot too. Uh, so that, that's, that's my advice with that. Um, all right, let's, uh, how much DECA would you add to test for cycling years? I, I don't know what that means, man. Um, for a high estrogen converter, what steroids can you use? Um, you know, the, the first the first thing that I want to say is is just that, you know, finding a way to control estrogen is going to be definitely important. 
So the first thing uh, that I would say to you is that, like, you know, if you're using only eczemistin, you're using only arimidex, uh, you know, letrozole is on another, another level as far as like estrogen um, control. So if you're a guy where it's like, you know, you can find yourself in a situation where you're saying, I have to take more than one arimidex a day, or I have to take more than one eczemistane a day in order to prevent myself from getting gyno. Um, you know, you'll know that um, there's lots of guys who have been in this situation before. Um, so the first thing that you would do in that situation is um, you should move to letrozole. Um, and then, um, you know, the next thing that you can do, and this is really where you get control at pretty much any dosage of estrogen conversion is to combine exemestane with letrozole. And I mentioned this before, exemestane removes the aromatase enzyme from the body. Letrozole binds up the aromatase enzyme that remains. So it's very comprehensive and effective in, uh, you know, high estrogen converters. Um, uh, racing, Polo Racing says about to start a trend cycle. 250 test, 300 trend, caber on hand. Will lipids and blood pressure return back to normal after a 12-week cycle? I mean, yeah, but but again, like if if there is any way, bro, that you can come up with a way to uh, mitigate, you know, your blood pressure, <laughs> you know, during your 12-week cycle, you know, that would be fantastic. Um, you know, there are definitely like in the in the steroids podcast, you know, um, you know, you can go check that out. You know, it's on my channel, obviously. And uh, there are mitigation measures and, and protocols there um, to help you not have to have that happen uh, with your blood pressure. Uh, will your cholesterol go really bad while you're using uh, these? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, that takes a little longer to return to normal after you stop a cycle. Uh, it, like I said earlier, it takes about a month um, generally for a lot of the uh, blood markers to go back to normal. Um, you know, some things that you can do, though, to help with your cholesterol, stuff like taking um, fiber supplement, uh, taking krill oil, um, taking niacin, uh, taking red yeast rice extract supplement, very powerful. The red yeast rice supplement is so powerful that, um, you know, there are, is some talk about the FDA wanting to ban that supplement because it really works. <laughs> most things that really work you know they don't want to be unregulated available as supplements oh here's a good one how much turkosterone do i need to take to look like greg Doucette year round really want that tight thin skin full muscles look <laughs> i don't know man you should ask him but he might lie to you you know that stuff's really powerful so maybe <laughs> i don't even want to say that you know just now I was joking. I need to clarify that because there's so much lies on the internet. You know, I need to clarify that. I was joking. That whole thing about that stuff's really powerful. <laughs> it's not powerful. You know, it comes from a plant. Um, Alan Christensen, best way to take Anadrol every day or use it for lagging body part training days. Well, generally, you know, all steroids work the best when you take them every day. Um, you know, it really depends on how you want to use it. Like, you know, a power lifter 
probably doesn't need to take it as much as a bodybuilder needs to take it. Um, as far as like how long anadrol lasts in the body, it lasts about 12 hours after each dose in the body. Um, I, I mean, it, it's definitely in there for 24 hours after uh, each dose. But as far as it being like high blood levels and potent, it's about 12 hours. So uh, a person that like wanted to get, you know, the maximum effects of anadrol, you know, how how frequently would they be taking their anadrol tablets? It would be about once every 12 hours. All right, guys. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up, wrap this one up now. I'm planning on uh, uh, coming out with a, with a new podcast up, up here um very very soon you know i've got all the questions ready um to record so i just wanted to do this live video and if you guys like this you know i can do this i can do this more often because you know I, I know the podcasts are really infrequent so but i know a lot of you guys want more content so i could do the live videos more often so that was good chatting with you guys today and uh, i'll talk to you guys soon